So I'm Mark Pitsy. I'm the Industry Portfolio Manager for Monash Engineering. You've been involved in getting support for these young students? Part of my role is to help the students access industry. Um, so I've been involved in a range of things that had the uh, industry partner understand the depth of uh, student teams that we have at Monash University and hopefully sometimes get them to sponsor or support the teams in other ways. Depth is an important point, isn't it? Well, the depth of um, the learning is important. The students come to universities now not only to learn but also to get a pathway to a job, a career. So um, Monash tries very, very hard to uh, intertwine opportunities for the students to get a touch point with industry during their studies and student teams is a, a big part of that. The project, it's a worldwide sort of competition and things, isn't it? Yeah, so the student team that's involved in motorsport, Monash Motorsport, it's a, it's a long-standing worldwide competition between universities. It started off with um, petrol, normal, uh, normal aspirated vehicles, which is now being phased out, funnily enough. Um, Monash has just reached the number one status across the world, which is uh, quite impressive because they're competing against much, much larger, much, much uh, older universities in Germany, particularly who love racing in America, but we've reached number one status, which is amazing. And we're now moving on to electric vehicles. We're also doing very, very well. And uh, here at this event, we have an, our autonomous racing car going around, which is, uh, which is very exciting. It's not just a bit of engineering technology, is it? It involves a very wide range of disciplines. The student team essentially performs as a full racing team end-to-end. So we have people in the team who are, who are design engineers. We have people in the team who are almost inventing new products and pushing the boundaries. Um, we have people in logistics. We have people in legal we have people in marketing, PR comms, they sponsor themselves, um, they get their own funding, they send large teams around the world to race for months in Europe, which is not cheap. And their car development is not like a proper Formula One racing team, but is pushing that level where they do need significant investment to have world-class vehicles. So it's a, it's a fully functioning replication of a, a racing team with all its bells and whistles. Aerodynamics and a whole range of subjects. They're designing the car from scratch. So what happens in practice is the last version from last year that did well. What happened? Why didn't it win? Why wasn't it number one? Let's go and redesign that and recut it just like a normal racing team. That might be aerodynamics. It might be propulsion systems. It might be, in nowadays, battery power, algorithms, LIDARs, all the things that hang off making uh, the car successful are part of what the team does from scratch. There's also that point you make about management. It is not just having a brilliant idea, it's bringing it to fruition. Is that one of the great consequences, values of the exercise you're doing? Probably the, uh, the main benefit overall for student teams is not the technology. There's lots of smart kids. It's the platform to have an interface to the real world business, talking to people who don't want to listen, managing stakeholders like herding chickens, all the real stuff that really happens. And our kids are fantastic. They get immersed in that. And so they get to understand that being smart's a small part of being successful. Working with people and managing relationships and finding a win-win is more of a, a critical thing for business life most of the time. And hopefully they get immersed in that during their studies. How many students would be involved in any one year? Generically, most of our key student teams, the Nova Rover team, which I think came ninth in the Nova Rover World Challenge in Utah, which is, which is extremely impressive. So helping NASA develop a rover to go to Mars, which is awesome. So we're trying to get a really lightweight product there. So they came ninth, which is awesome in our second year in. I think we've got a, a Monash rocket team, 
that I think came first in one of the categories worldwide. We got an autonomous drone to about hundreds of teams. Lots of them focused on engineering and really usually tapping into the things that are current within the world that are interesting and exciting and have an engineering bent. And most of those teams have 50, 100, 200 members, some of them active, some of them passive. These students would be on it every day. They're doing their 40 contact hours studying engineering. They're then doing their 40 hours working on a project, which is fantastic. I believe one of the people in the motorsport team was from the medical profession. It just shows a cross-discipline sort of approach, even if you don't use their discipline to the full extent. Oh, look, they absolutely, lots of the best research is through um, collaboration between non-aligned faculties. So the partnership between engineering and IT is pretty obvious. Everything has an algorithm. The partnership with engineering and medicine is one that's now really, it's always been there, but it's now getting larger. So human-robot interface. This is all about human psychology, medicine, engineering, how they're working. So one of the greatest areas of study at the moment in the world, Google, Amazon, all the big players, how are robots and humans going to play together? How are autonomous vehicles and humans going to play together? So medicine and engineering is going to be a, a very large growing area. And also legal, ethics. What's the ethics of having an autonomous vehicle running around that might be in a crash. How does a computer choose? So these are going to be developing areas that will, will get larger and larger in collaboration. You have a laboratory-type system set up, or how does that work? Our motorsport team has its own labs uh, within the uni, but also unis are really um, places where they have very expensive, very modern pieces of technical equipment. Monash uses them to allow the students to utilise them. Usually there's an academic somewhere sitting in the background helping. But the students get to access any number of um, awesome laboratories. They have their own ones for motorsport, but they access microscopy, x-ray, wind tunnel, what, whatever you need that they can access. And also to, the unis do share with each other. So Monash Uni just happens to have one of the biggest wind tunnels in the Southern Hemisphere. Other unis come and use our wind tunnels equipped ProQuo to help them out as well. Can private industry dabble in that? Absolutely. We, Monash um, has a, um, a, a premise and it's had it for many years where they actually have a formalised process called platforms. I think we have 25 of them um, because we have these very expensive machines. Usually the small to medium enterprises find it very hard to use them. We open that up to industry. So sometimes they can say, how much will it cost for you to do the test for us? Sometimes it might be, can you train our people to sit in your lab and do it for themselves? Or can we have time exclusively with it? So we have a range of um, platforms that uh, we have there so industry can use these um, experimental laboratories and gain advantage. But mutually beneficial. Absolutely. Sometimes they pay. Sometimes they say, why don't we work on it together? Uh, we'll let you use our lab. You let us use your lab. Maybe we can partner on some new research. We're a G8 uni, so we, we exist to do fundamental research, hopefully, and usually and some applied research. We're trying to get new innovative, unique ideas out in the world to make the world a better place. So industry is needed to commercialise those things usually. So we do, we do a lot of um, activities to partner with industry at the early stage. Do you notice a huge change in students? I was an engineering student a very long, long time ago. I, I can remember my final year project, which was probably pathetic compared to what these kids do. So the access to information now for students is exponential. Their quality in a, a stakeholder sense is unbelievable. Um, and it's unfortunately harder and harder to get into the good unis for students because we've got so much demand. But um, students these days are so far more advanced. And I think year on year, their technical and their stakeholder skills combined are just very, very impressive. 
My final year project was to build a bridge out of balsa wood. It was just a beam yeah, and it wasn't was, very good. Mine was similar and that's what our that's what our year eight kids do when they come to the uni for an immersive experience. They build one of those in a day, so it's a bit embarrassing to reflect upon the past. <laughs> Your job must be very satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Probably the best job I've ever had. We, every day, unis are, are maligned in the view of most. They think that the academics are sitting around being lazy the whole time, but they're probably one of the hardest working professionals that I know. They're 80 hour week people. Mm. They're teaching for 40 hours and they're doing their work for 40 hours. They're unbelievable. And the environment is a unique one because everyone in the uni is happy to be there. Every academic, it's their life's passionate. So you're around a bunch of passionate people 24-7 who want to be there, who are doing what they enjoy. It's, it's a unique environment like I don't think many other places have. Mark, thank you for your time. No problem at all.